Hello, wherever you are today. It's nice to be with you um, and to share this message. This is so lekker om saam met jou te wees, waar ook al jy is, of jy luister of kyk. Um, en ons gaan vandag net lekker saam uit die woord van die Heere lees. En ek het een boodskap op die hart, um, met die naam van Jesus and the Bride. Jesus and the Bride. This is not your typical uh, sermon theme or title, but as we go through this, you'll start realizing more and more what it's about. I'm talking about a very, very special bride uh, that happened where a specific disciple's life changed forever. And uh, I'm so excited to share this with you today. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you uh, that we can gather in this way. Lord, I thank you that you remain the same throughout the ages, Father God, and your love for us never changes, Lord. Lord, I pray that we will realize, Father God, that you call us to love you and to love our neighbors, to love those around us, Lord. Lord, I pray that we'll never underestimate the connection we have with the people around us, Father God, and the impact we have um, on the people around us in the way we live and the way we speak and the way we serve. I pray that your, your blessing will be on this word as it goes out. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my mind be pleasing to you. Amen. Like I said before, I prayed, this is not your typical sermon theme, that is not your typical theme. But as soon as I can tell you now, where we're going. First, as I said, the last time I look at the people around me and my relationships, and I and Bronwyn are busy in the house, and I... Is al die rekenaar en ek is besig om dier een paar interessante artikels te gaan en toe kom ek oor hierdie, hierdie theorie. I came across this theory that says it's called the seven degrees of separation. Um, and it's just a theory, it's not a fact, it's been proven wrong, but it's also been proven right in many cases. And I think as the world is getting more connected with media and um, just networks and everything are improving, people are just getting more and more connected. Now, this theory says, hierdie theorie sê dat elke persoon op aarde net 7 sociale verbindings weg van mekaar is. It says that every person on earth is only 7 social connections away from another person. Now, as you can think, it's, it's possible to disprove this. I think if there's a, a guy sitting in a remote area of the world on an island or in a forest and doesn't have a lot of people around him, he's not socially connected to me. He doesn't know someone who knows someone who knows me. Uh, but in most cases, I've seen that this is so true. I think Alkin van Jelle kan a story vertel of a paar stories van hoe jy met a wildsvreemdeling gesit het en gesels het en, en na a paar vraag besef het, maar ons ken iemand wat iemand ken wat die persoon ken, of die persoon ken iemand, en baie keer is die sociale verbinding nog nader as het ons besef, vooral in een dorp soos Koerunstad, waar ons belei, moet jy pas op, of jy, jy, jy loop in een van jou familielede vast in die straat, jy weet, allemaal is so nabij aan mekaar hierso, maar selfs as ons uitgaan na die stede toe en oorsee, besef ons dat ons elkeen aan mekaar verbind is, op een of ander manier. And even if this is just a theory and it doesn't apply to everything, it's just, it just got my thoughts going, realizing that we are so connected to each other. And um, dit wat ons doen, impacteer soveel mense, en impacteer die sociale verbindings, op maniere wat ons nie eers kan begin om in te dink nie. Uh, ek dink in die tijd waar ons nou leef, besef ons al hoe meer dat goed wat in een land gebeur, uh, if, uh, 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 
effect het op die lande om en die wereld om die land en die mense buiten die land. Um, iets wat een persoon doen, kan die wereld affecteer. So, with that in mind, I've been thinking a lot about my interactions with people. I was having a coffee with a friend the other morning and, and we were talking and a lot about what the Lord's doing in our lives and the, the people that are, are going through sickness in this time and have gone through trials and tribulations, losing businesses, uh, losing family members uh, to death and these, all these things happening around us and we just came back to there must be a gospel that is simple. Simple enough for the guy in the forest, in the remote desert on his own who's never opened a book and can't read. There's a gospel that must make sense for him. And there's a gospel that must make sense for me. And that gospel must be the same. And that tells me that it must be a simple gospel. As daar een goeie nies is, een goeie boodskap is, moet het eenvoudig genoeg wees vir, vir elke persoon om te verstaan. Slim of nie so slim nie, oud, jonk, um, een persoon wat gesiene is, een persoon wat nie bekend is nie, wie ook al hierdie persoon is, moet die goeie nies vir die persoon verstaanbaar wees. En dit beteken dit moet eenvoudig wees. En ons het net na, ek en die vriend het net tot die beslissing gekom, dat die groot gebod alles by mekaar bring, en dat alles daarop ris, het die Heere jou God lief met alles, en het jou naaste lief soos jouself. En, um, Met dit wil ek graag een bykie praat oor baie mooie story in die Bijbel, baie mooie verhaal wat wat die Heere met een disciple in specifiek uh, interaksie gehad het. Kom ons lees saam in Lukas 22 vers 26, vanaf vers 26. And so what the background is, is this is the last supper and Jesus has got his disciples together and he's busy talking to them about what's about to happen. And Luke 22 verse 26 says the following, But it is not to be this way with you. On the contrary. So the disciples had started arguing about who is the most going to be the most important in heaven. Who's going to be the highest and the most important? Who's going to be the lowest? How's it going to work? Who is the most important on earth? Who's? And they were busy trying to figure out what you have to do to be important. As ek kyk na die reekspreke wat ons deurgewerk het die laaste paar weke, besef ek dat ons baie praat oor ewigheid, en ek geniet het so, ek geniet die woord so van die laaste rik, dat ons oor ewigheid praat, en, en, en wat ons op die aarde doen, en hoe dit die ewigheid impacteer, en hoe ons moet lewe, gedrewe, dier die ewigheid. And so, they were trying to figure this out, and so Jesus came and said to them how it is. But it is not to be this way with you. On the contrary, the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the least privileged. And the one who is the leader, like the servant. For who is gr- the greater? The one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus skets hier die prentje en hy sê, kyk na tafel en jy sien een ou wat lekker achter oorle, gemakkelijk en hy word bedien en jy sien na ou wat onbedien. En hy vraag, maar wat sê en is die belangrijkste? Um, en hy sê, ek is soos die ou wat dien, nie die ou wat achter oor sit en ontvang nie. As I read on in, in verse 28, it says, You are those who have remained and have stood by me in my trials. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you the privilege that you may eat and drink at my table 
in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So he said that to those who are with him and have been with him through these trials, there's a place at his table in heaven waiting for them. For those who could stay with him and believe in him and, and, and keep the faith in him, he could, they could sit with him at the table. And they'd have a role of actually judging. So it means there is going to be a position in heaven. And then he focuses on one of his disciples. And this is where the story picks up for me. As he turns to Peter and says the following. Simon, Simon Peter, listen. Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you have turned back again to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. So here Jesus says to Peter, Satan is going to come and test and sift those who think they are believers. And we will see truly who the believers are and what comes out. And there's going to be a testing that's going to happen like a sift. You guys have all seen so say, sift. Skip the sieve. If you, you, you shake a sieve, the kernels and the, the bigger pieces stay behind and the pure flour gets through. When you want to see it sift, then, 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 then verfeind it and, and um, make the die, die, die meal so that all the stickies achterblij and the finer, reiner meal dier kom. And I say that the devil come and toets and gaan begin werk and, and gaan sy ding doen om te sien wat gaan gebeur and wie is echt and wie nie. And Jesus het specifiek gebid vir Petrus, dat sy geloof nie sal om in die steek laat nie, dat sy geloof nie te klein sal wees nie. En hy asked that, that, he would, that he would keep faith in Jesus, so that once he has turned back, he would be able to strengthen others. That means that Jesus already said yeah, that Peter is going to fall, he's going to stumble, but he trusts that his faith will stay intact, so that when he turns back and he stands up again, he can strengthen others. Very interesting. The whole idea is that Jesus will say, Peter will be able to stand and strong, not so that he is strong old, not a strong old man, 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 not a And then Peter said to him, and this is a reaction that I think a lot of us give when, when challenged with the word and believing in Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus. I will do this and this and this for the gospel. Peter gave a, a reaction which most probably I would have given as well, confronted with the same situation. And Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I say to you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will utterly deny three times that you know me. So, Al die bravado het opgestaan en Petrus het gesê, maar Jezus, ek sal tot die einde gaan vir jou, ek sal alles doen vir jou, ek sal, ek wil daar wees vir jou tot die einde. En Jezus sê toe, vol, maar jy gaan val, jy gaan my drie keer ontken, voor hierdie dag voorbij is. En um, ons sien nie daar hoe hy gereageer het nie, maar uh, is harde woorde en rechheid woorde. Baie van ons ken die story tot daar en weet dat Jezus die oor gegee is en dat hy um, verraai is en gekruisig is. Maar toe kom die goeie nies, dat hy opgestaan het. Jesus has risen. And the interesting part of, of Jesus' time on earth is after 
he was risen from the dead. We see that he appears to the disciples in various places at various times in mysterious ways and, and they don't always know it's him and they wonder is it him and, they, and they, they see him in the distance and then they realize it's him or he speaks and, 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 and this, this wonderful thing's happening that they hear the rumors, he's alive, he is risen, he's victorious. Where is he? Where is he going to appear next? And this is where the bride comes in. So I'm going to go forward to John 21. And we're going to read over there. Now, I'm a, a big fisherman. I love fishing. I don't fish often, but when I do, I enjoy it. And I love just about any type of fishing. I've never been fishing in the sea before, but I've, I've done fly fishing and paphoi, uberhengel, so it's in the freistaat. And um, I really enjoy the fishing. So the disciples had, had seen Jesus and, and, and heard he's around and he's risen. And so Simon Peter the guy I was talking about earlier, said to them, so this is John 21 verse 3. Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. That's how all fishing trips start. Someone says, I'm going fishing, who's with me? And they said, and we are coming with you. So that's, that's the typical fishing trip. One guy says, who's coming with me? I'll come with, and this whole fishing trip starts gaining momentum. This is one of the most typical fishing trips in the Bible. So they went out and got into the boat. Okay? And listen to this. This next part is one of the most true stories of fishing ever. And that night, they caught nothing. That's a typical fishing trip. I can't tell you how many times I've gone and caught nothing. So we go a little bit forwards, and these guys are busy fishing, trying to fish at least. And so if we go forward to verse 9, we read, so when they got out on the beach, they saw a charcoal fire set up and fish on it, cooking and bread. So what had happened in between is that they had seen a figure um, and it was Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus. And he gave them some advice. He said, hey, throw your nets over the other side and try catching them. And they caught tons of fish. And then they realized that one of the, the disciples said that it's Jesus. And when Simon Peter heard that it was Jesus... He stripped off his, his, his top and dove into the water and swam to Jesus while the other disciples came rowing along. He was so, so fond of Jesus and loved Jesus so much. And when he heard, that's Jesus over there, he jumped over the side and went ahead. So we pick up here in verse 9. When they got on the beach, the rest of the disciples, they saw a charcoal fire set up and fish, uh, and a fish on it cooking and bread. So what was waiting for them over here? A bride. I call it a bri. You might call it something else, a barbecue. You might say that brying is only a certain type of meat. I believe this is brying. Any of you guys who have been at a lacquer snook bri uh, will understand this. Nice fish on the charcoal fire having a bri. Now I want us to, to, to read here in, in John 21 verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew without any doubt that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? So in this first piece of the passage, what do we see? Jesus 
took bread and gave it to them, likewise the fish. Jesus is serving his disciples. He had served them at the last supper, a meal, and had spoken to them and spoken to them about serving. If you want to be great, you must serve. You must be like the least. And so here we see Jesus starts before any big sermons or before any you know, deep ministry or any rebuking or anything happens, Jesus invites them for a meal and he serves his disciples a meal. He serves his disciples. Many wonderful things happen around a meal and sometimes around a nice bright place fire. And he serves his disciples and then he focuses on, on Peter again. The same Peter who said, I'll do all of it for you, Lord. I'll stand for you. And he said, I'm praying for you, for your faith, that when you have turned back to me, when you have realized your mistakes, that you will be strengthened and strengthen others, that you'll become the rock that I'll build the church on. So the Heere focus is, so Jesus focus on Petrus weer a keer, and sê die volgende form. So when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? more than the others do, with total commitment and devotion. He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, with a deep personal affection, as for a close friend. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. So Jesus asked him once, Do you love me? And Peter says, Of course, I love you, Lord. Like the closest brother, I, I'm committed and devoted to you. I love you. And Jesus said to him, Well then, Feed my lambs. The first time he says this, he says this three times he asks Peter this question and three times Peter has to answer him. The first time he asks him, feed my lambs. And lambs are the younger, weaker, smaller sheep that need special care and love. So Jesus says, you must go and look after, you must go and feed the weaker, more immature the more fragile of my children. And there's, I mean, that, that's a whole group of people. It can be the, 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 spiritually, um, the spiritually new in the faith, um, those who are physically weak, those who need special care and attention, those who need extra help. And Jesus says, do you love me? Feed them. So it's this amazing thing that, that, that Jesus says, if you love me, if you... That the great commandment, love the Lord your God. If you love me, then you must love my sheep. You must feed my sheep. You must feed my lambs. So the first time he says, feed my lambs. Feed the weak. Look after them. Feed them the word. Then he asks again. Again, to, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with total commitment and devotion? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you with a deep personal affection, as for a close friend. And Jesus said to him, shepherd my sheep. So the first time he said, feed the lambs. The second time he said, shepherd or tend my sheep. In some other translation we see tend. Now tending is more than feeding. Feeding is, is to supply nourishing and nutrition for growth. But tending is an even bigger responsibility. It is to manage and to guide and to help and to see that they go in the right direction. So the first time he says, feed them, give them the word, focus on the weak, help the weak. The second time he says to him, tend my sheep. So that means 
the Lord is calling us, die Heere roep ons om sy skaap, sy kudde te lei en te help en raad te gee en, en, en op te pas. Ons moet hulle voer vir al die swakkes en ons moet die skapen en die kinders van die Heere moet ons lei en help en bestuur. En ek kom nou nou by die punt wat ek vir jou vraag vir vraag. So, luister saam met my en, en, en denk saam met my aan die ene. Vir die derde keer, He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep personal affection for me as for a close friend? Peter was grieved that he asked him a third time. Dit, dit het nou begin erg raak, want hy vraag om die hele tyd, is jy lief vir my? Is jy lief vir my? Is jy lief vir my? Gewoonlik as jy iemand, iemand jou vraag, is jy lief vir my? En jy sê, ja, ek is lief vir jou. Dan is dit genoeg. Maar as jy iemand sê, ja, ek is lief vir jou, en die persoon sê, is jy rechtig lief vir my? Ja, ek is rechtig lief vir jou, genuine, en dan vraag hulle derde keer, is jy lief vir my? Dan begin jy besef, jo, ok, hierdie, hier is een punt wat probeer, wat hierdie persoon probeer deurkry. En uh, Peter sê het skaam gevoel. Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you really love me? with a deep personal affection as for a close friend, and he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So, Peter just came to the realization, Jesus knows if he really loves him or not. And Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Three times Jesus asks him, and three times he says he loves him. And three times Jesus says three very similar things, but slightly different. Feed my lambs. Gaan so voed die lammetjes. Kijk na die swakkes, die wat extra aandag het, die wat extra tyd nodig het. Daie kinders van my wat, wat daie extra moeite nodig het, daie extra beskerming. Voer hulle. Tweedens, herder die kudde, of kijk na my kudde. Kijk na my skapen. Tend my sheep, shepherd my sheep. Look after them, guide them, show them the way. And thirdly, feed them the word. That is where we get our, our nourishment and our feeding is the word. So give the word to the sheep around you. And so this beautiful thing happens, isn't it? It's definitely not by coincidence. Drie keer het, het Petrus die Heere ontken. En drie keer het Jesus hom gevra, is jy lief vir my? Half met daai in gedachte, dat Petrus hierdie groot, sterk ding gesê het van, ek sal jou volg, Heere, tot in die tronk, tot in die, tot, tot by die dood. En net een paar ure later, toe, toe verloon hy Jesus, drie keer, drie keer vraal om, ken jy Jesus, is jy nie deel van daai, daar Jesus groep nie, en hy sê nee, en hy sê nee, en hy sê nee, en hy is een lafhaard, en toe Jesus tyd met ons spandeer, toe sê hy vir hom drie keer, is hy lief vir my, en as hy werkelijk lief is vir my, kyk na my skapen, as ons sê ons is lief vir die Heere, as ons sê ons is werkelijk, ek hou van die Amplified wat ek hier lees, wat sê, um, uh, with a deep personal affection as for a close friend, with a deep personal affection as for a close friend, met die liefde wat brand vir iemand, as ons sê ons is so lief vir Jesus, dan moet ons kyk na 
sy kudde, sy skapen, die mense om ons. If you love Jesus, and you want to do something for Jesus, if we point our affection at Jesus, Jesus will point us at people. Found it. If we point our love and affection at Jesus, I love you, Jesus, he will point you at his people. It's not enough to just say, we love Jesus, but we never feed a, a, a weak person. We never help a weak person. We never guide the people around us. And I'm sorry for my, but wie is die skapen met wie ek moet werk? Ek is nie pastoor nie, ek is nie herder nie, ek is nie, kyk wat in jou hand is. Ek wil hier daar waar jy nou sit, vat jou hand, en kyk. En ek wil hier moet jou indink, in hierdie hand is alles wat die Heere vir jou gegeet. Nie net jou besittings nie, maar, maar die mense wat hy in jou leven gesit het. Jou vriende, jou familie, jou collega's, jou selvriende, jou jou sportvriende, wie ook al, die mense wat hy in jou leven geplaas het, jou werknemers, jou werkgever, dit is wat in jou hand is. Ons kyk soveel keer wat is in ander mense sy hande. Oe, hy het soveel meer in sy hande as ek. Hy, hy is een pastoor, hy het die hele 100 mense onder hom, hy het die hele 500 mense onder hom, maar kyk vir oomlik wat is in jou hand. Dit is die mense wat die Heere in jou leven geplaas het. Denk aan hy, die theorie wat ek in die begin gesê het, van allemaal wat verbind is, die Heere het jou verbind, betek hier nie 7 sociale punte weg van mekaar, of die 1 sociale punt weg van die persoon af. Dit is die persoon wat die Heere oor jou pad gestuur het. En dit is sy skaap. Verloore skaap, een skaap wat omgevind het, een skaap wat swak is, wat liefde nodig het, een skaap wat, wat, wat iemand nodig het om saam met hulle die pad te stap, een skaap wat jou nodig het. So, I just would like to, as I start closing off, just say that again, one more time. If we love Jesus, and we point our, our love at Jesus, and we give Him our affection, and we say, we love you, then He's going to point us to people. And if we look at what He said to the disciples, He said that we need to serve. He led by serving. He said that he gave his disciples breakfast. He made this wonderful bright flash fire for them, told them how to fish. So one of the worst fishing trips ever, catching nothing the whole night, became one of the greatest catches in history, over 150 fish caught. And, and then he made them a meal and served them. And, and then he spoke into Peter's life. And I love how the Lord came and he restored Peter. In the New King James, it says that the title of that piece is Jesus Restores Peter. Because... Peter, Petrus het geval, hy het seer gekry, hy het die Heere verloon, wat nie die lekkerste ding is om te doen nie. En uh, ek dink al soveel emoties wat hier omgegaan het, en soveel skuldgevoelens, en Jesus kom, en hy genees, en licht weer vir Petrus op, en sê vir hom, drie keer, is jy lief vir my, is jy lief vir my, is jy lief vir my, want hy het drie keer om verloon, en elke keer sê, ok, wel, as jy lief is vir my, is dit wat ek wil heen moet doen. En Petrus gaan aan en, en hy word die klip waar op die kerk gebouw is, wat geprofeseer is vir hom. En hy skryf briewe en hy bou die vroege kerk. En die Heer het hom gerestaureer. Net so wil hy ons genees en restaureer. Ek kan julle nie vertel hoeveel, te midde van die, die dood en die seerkry en, die, en die, die, die chaos van die wereld, wat ek vir julle sê, daar is soveel. Grijp een koffie met my in die volgende week en vraag my die vraag en vertel ek jou een paar van die stories van 
genezing wat die Heere bezig is om te doen, in verhoudings, in mensese levens, in mensese fysische kondities. The Lord is busy restoring people, so that they can help shepherd his flock. And that's a wonderful privilege that he's called each of us to do, as I close off this morning. He has called us to shepherd his flock and love his people. And that is how we will know that we love him, as if we do what he says. And may you be encouraged this morning to look in your own hand and say, Jere, weet u onder my soort geplaas, weet u saam met my geplaas, wat ek kan help en voer en, en, en lei en bestuur en, en wat kan ek doen vir u? En ek kan jou waarborg, Jere, gaan mens oor jou pad stuur en vir jou mense wees. Ek probeer om baie specifiek te wees, as ek die Heere vraag, ek vraag die Heere, Heere, as dit u wil is, wees my iemand hierdie week, wees my iemand vandag wat ek kan help, so veel so dat ek nie om het kan kom nie, dat ek nie dit kan ontken nie, en, en so veel keer dan, dan gebeur daar iets wat, iemand het iets nodig, of iemand het help nodig, of iemand moet, moet het woord net nodig, vir die dag, of, of richting, of advies, of liefde, en die Heere, bring die persoon oor my pad, en soveel keer in my leven, wanneer ek nodig gehad het, dat iemand in my leven moet inpraat, het die heren iemand gestuur, in die kring van sociale verbindings. We're all connected, and we need to realize that what we do has an effect on the people around us. So let's make the choice this morning to take what's in our hand, and the people that are in our hand and in our circles, and to love them, and to share with them what they need for this life and to ask God, God, show me in the scripture, show me in what I've got, in my possessions that I can give, show me in my time that I can give, what can I do for the people around me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that you're busy restoring us and healing us. When we are willing to turn to you and we do not lose faith in you, Father God, you asked, Father God, that that Peter's faith would remain. Lord, I pray that this morning my faith will remain in you, that our faith will remain in you, Father God. And as long as our faith is in you, Lord, and we turn to you, Lord, you will strengthen us so we can strengthen others. Heer, ek bid dat u ons, ons handen sal oplig en ons sal sterk maak, Heer. Soos ons ons vertrouwe in u sit, Heer, dat, dat u ons sal wees dat u nooit te leerstel en dat u ons gaan gebruik as agente wat geneesing bring, Lord, agents of healing. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in your children's lives. Help us as the devil comes and sifts and works and, and throws things across our path, Father God, Lord, that we will overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Lord, I thank you for this word, that it has blessed me so much, Lord, that, Lord, you served normal people, with normal food around normal bright face fire and spoke love and truth into people's lives. Lord, I thank you that that truth is available to us, that we can hear it, we can read it, we can live it, Father God, and bless the people around us. I pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining in this morning. I pray that this is a blessing in its simplicity. When we point our love at Jesus, He points us to people. May you be blessed. Have a great week and all of the best for you. Bye.